Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus. This has been our text. We're going to continue what we have been talking about in Exodus. Turn there. We've been talking about the glory, the favor, and the manifestation. And I want to go one step further and tell you, you were created for the manifestation of God. You were created for this time. That's exciting time for you as a believer. There's some things as I was listening to someone minister today and I was praying, there's some things I, I just felt like I wanted to add to this as we continue in this. So, you know, we go through the issues and we go through things in life. Then we get to a point that we're confessing, we're believing, but then there comes a time that we can decide to give up. And I've said this over and over through this series. Sometimes we decided to give up and other people don't, and they begin to walk in the fullness of the blessing. And then we get aggravated because they decided not to give up, and you decided to give up. Yeah. Let me say something to you. We all go through things yes, we do. to come out victorious. You're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some things. You're going to be tried people. We've said that. Yes. So I don't want you to get fed up to a pastor doing it, name it, and claim it. No, I'm telling you, you got to believe what you're speaking. That's right. You've got to understand what the Bible is saying about your issues, and we all have issues we need to find Scripture on and stand and believe God to move in our issues. Yes. Things you're going through may seem like a little different things than I, what I'm going through, but if we sit down, we're probably going through the same thing. But it's according to how we handle it, how we come out of it. That's right. So here in Exodus chapter 33, and we look down at, I'm going to throw 14 in. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Aren't you happy? How do you get rest? In His presence. And in His presence is fullness of joy. Don't you want to get lost in His presence? Then it goes down. So, I mean, He said, I, my presence will be before you, but then Moses wants to go another step. Again, in verse 17, So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do these things that you have spoken. For you have found grace, unmerited favor in my sight. And I know you by name. Don't you want him to know you by name? Verse 18. And he said, please show me your glory. Verse 19 says, then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I'm going to make all of my goodness, my health, my wealth, my prosperity, and my good things Go before you. Aren't you ready for some good things? Amen. To go before you. Now he said his presence means to go before him. My wife keeps telling me to take it down. I can hear it still. Well, it might be there. I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, The presence of God. That I said I will make all my goodness, my health, my wealth, my prosperity... Good things pass before you. Again, don't you want His goodness to pass before you? Don't you want to look around and see His goodness in your life? Mm -hmm. Now here, you've got to realize, Moses and the children of Israel went through some stuff. And through every bit of it, God had His hand upon them. God was protecting them. God says, I'm going to give you some rest. I'm going to bring you into my presence. You're going to have some rest. So here we go through this and we begin, you know, you pastor, I'm doing everything right, I'm confessing. Well, that's good, you confess, but do you believe? That's true. 
And so many people, they believe, but they don't confess. But sometimes you're trying to talk yourself into it. Well, you've got to get where you believe it first. I'm not going to lie to you. You've got to get where you believe it. Don't just walk around saying it. Now, sometimes, I've been hanging around people long enough, sometimes people will say things long enough that they believe it, even though it ain't true. See, that's what's happened to the church. We say some things so long, we've become so religious that we confess things that's not even in the Bible. Come on, somebody. Amen. And now we're walking in and think we've got knowledge of it. Well, it's not even there. Here he's saying, Father, show me your glory. And he said, I'll do it. You know, the Father is waiting for you to ask. He desires to move on your behalf for you. Now turn your Bibles to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand and be able to stand against the walls of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore... Take up your whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. When you've done what? All All stand. In other words, don't give up. Don't give up. What we're talking about, we're talking about the glory of God. We're talking about the presence of God. Sometimes you've got to do everything you know in the Word. And sometimes you just got to stand. Now, they don't just stand there. You stand in expectation. That's right. You stand worshiping. You stand magnifying His name. Don't just show up and just say, okay, I'm going to stand here. Nope. we got too many of those in the church today. <laughs> just spectators. Ouch. Yep. They just looking. They just watching to see if anything happens. That's not what it, stands, what it means here. This word stands, yes, stand, firmly planted. Let's just worship a little bit. Yeah. Let's praise God a little bit. Let's begin to realize as we begin to draw nigh to Him, the Bible says He'll begin to draw nigh to us. Because he desires to do some things. So, if you're believing for the supernatural, you're believing for the glory, you're believing for the manifestation, sometimes you're going to come to a point in your life that you're going to have to stand and say, Father, I'm just going to have to worship you for a while. I'm going to have to praise. I've done all I know to do, Father. I'm just going to stand and praise and worship you, Father, until it begins to show up. Because, Father, I'm doing all that I know to do. Have you ever done that? I've had that conversation with God. Father, I've done everything I know to do. But then we just quit. <laughs> Father, I've done it all. I just quit. That's what the Bible says. He says, when you've done all, stand. Stand because eventually as you begin to worship Him, the presence of God is going to begin to move into your life. But sometimes it is a struggle. So you've got to realize as much as you're believing for it to come, the devil wants to keep it from coming. That's the reason he said you're, you're not fighting against other people. You're fighting against principalities and powers of darkness in high places. There's a war going on above you. That's the reason you've got to sit here when you've done all and you've got to praise and you've got to worship Him because the answer is on its way. But just begin to praise Him. Begin to magnify Him. God desires for you to walk in His glory. But what happens to us? Look at somebody and say, He said us. We know we're in trouble now. Come on. We know we're in trouble now. 
He said who? He said us. Turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes. Let me show this to you. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he regards the clouds will not reap. We kind of wait to the right timing. Don't wait for your right timing to do what you know is right. When it's right, I'll do it. When it's the proper time, I'll do it to me. We're waiting. God says, no, it's always going to look like it's the wrong timing. Just do it. Yes. The Amplified Bible says this way. Wait for all the conditions to be perfect. You will not sow. Regard the clouds. You will not reap a harvest in the Amplified Bible. If I'm going to wait for the right timing, it's not going to happen. I can't wait for perfect conditions. I can't wait for perfect conditions. We're always waiting for perfect conditions to do what we know we should do. We're waiting for the purpose, perfect, purpose conditioning before we praise Him, Amen. before we worship Him. Amen. We're not just, listen, I'm not talking about giving you. I'm talking about everything in your life. Oh, yeah. So when I look at scriptures about reaping, and I do know it talks about sowing and giving to the kingdom of God, sowing seed. We know that. But we as a church look at the wholeness of the body. So here we're talking about you're waiting for the proper time for you to tell your loved one that you love them. That's good. But it's got to be just perfect. You've got to feel that urge. Sometimes you don't feel that urge. Sometimes you've got to let them know how you feel now. Anything in your life. So don't just look at the sowing and reaping. But what you sow, you do reap. But if you're waiting for the right conditions to do what you know that is right, you are called to change situations instead of waiting for the right situation. You're called to change those situations. You're an agent once Jesus came in your life, once you became a child of God, you became a change agent. You're on this planet to change situations. Amen. But we want to wait for the right situation. Others so we wait to changes in the natural. Don't the Bible say that we walk by faith and not by sight? Don't wait for your situations to change. You are called to change your situation. Do it now. You want more joy? Start dancing before God before you get to church. Amen. I got to feel that goosebump. Nowhere in the Bible says feel a goosebump. No, we don't. Nowhere. No, we don't. I was at a religious church one time and they got mad when I said that. <laughs> but I'm stubborn. I kept going. The person that I love so much Picked it, got her pocketbook to pick it up to leave. And I had a, a man that I, I loved. He's passed on with the Lord. He saw what was going on. He sat there and just started praying in the Holy Ghost. And all at once, the woman dropped her pocketbook. 
You and I are called to praise him in spite of having you. Amen. You want to walk in the favor of God and the blessings of God and the manifestation of God? Sometimes your body will say no when your spirit says, Get up and get on. Get up and get it done. Because we walk by faith, not by so you are a what change agent. That's the reason God wants the, the glory and the favor in His manifestation. When I talk about the manifestation, I'm talking about His goodness. I'm talking about His gifts. I'm talking about His fruit to flow through you. You're created for such a time as this for the manifestation, God's gifts and God's fruit to flow through you. You're called by God to begin to see those things happen. Well, Pastor, you've got to show me some more that I'm a change agent. Well, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 1, you, you know this story. It says there was a famine in the land besides the first famine. Everybody's turning there. Go ahead and turn there. Make sure I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Where is it? Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter what? I might as well turn there with you. 26. What did I say now? Now it came to pass. I said 26. Not 27. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine. So Isaac was there. There was a famine. Besides the first. So this is a double win. In other words, one, win, one famine and here comes another one. Have you felt in your life more sometimes that you're like in a famine? Yes. When you pray, nothing happens. As a matter of fact, when you go out, you can have a blowhorn and it just feels like it's not going nowhere but slapping you back in the face. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Peter said there was a famine in the land. How many people know when there's a famine going in the land, that means it's dry? Mm -hmm. That means there's no moisture, hardly any at all. Things are drying up. I've been to some churches like it. Things are drying up. Now, he could have waited until things changed. He could have waited until he saw some rainfall. He could have waited until he looked in the farmer's almanac. He could have waited until things began to change. But see, you're called to be a change agent. Isaac said, I've had enough of this. I, I'm paraphrasing this. is not what he said. But this is the attitude I believe he had. I'm tired of this. We sat in here. We have no food. We've been through famine. And now we're going through another famine. He said, I'm tired of this. Until you get tired of your situation, you're not going to come out of it. Until you get tired of how you're living, you're not going to come out of it. Until you get tired of how your things are in your life, you're not going to walk in this favor and the glory and the manifestation of God. Until you say, enough's enough. Until you decide to become a change agent. See, if you want this favor and this glory and this manifestation, you have to today decide, I'm not going to give up, and I'm going to be a change agent. I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. For in due season, I'm going to reap. Father, it might take some time, but I'm going to praise you through it all. I'm going to worship you through it all. Yeah. Father, however how long it takes, because I know eventually due season, my appointed season, is going to come if I don't lose heart. I know it's going to show up. So here, he decides 
In verse 12, he says, Then Isaac got with the committee that got through the other committee, and they said, don't do this, but he decided to do it anyway. Because folk will try to talk you out of things. That's not what it says. But folk, see, sometimes you don't need to tell nobody. You just need to do it. Because when you begin to tell folks, they begin to try to tell you it's not the time. You need to stop. I'm preaching better than you shall, but that's okay. Maybe I'm hitting home. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the Right in the midst of drought, one guy decided he was going to be a change agent and he said, I'm going to plant me a crop. Can you see the folk over there going, <laughs> look at him go, wasting the seed, wasting his time. Nothing's going to happen. Come on, somebody. You know they were talking about him. But he was sowing seed. You want love, so love. You want joy, laugh a little bit. Quit acting like a prune. And thinking the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Here, it says in the same year. Now just get in your mind. He sowed, they laughed. A month or two later, they look out there and say, something looks like it's coming up. <laughs> it's a drought, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> look there, he's getting his anticipation up. We've all done it. Now he could have decided to leave the crop alone. And it probably wouldn't die. Sometimes you have some seeds starting to grow. Yes. And you start listening to the devil. Yes. You start listening to this one. Yeah. And that one. And you just give up on your crop. Yeah. <clears throat> but here. Now me, I, I'm a little different. If I saw that thing grow up, I'd just look at everything green. <laughs> You're too late now. You waited too late in the season to fetch your crops. <laughs> Mine's coming up. A couple months later, a little bigger. Smile gets a little bit bigger. They start complaining. Hey, don't you know famine's going on in the land? Do you know that that cannot happen? A wind's going to come and destroy your crop. Or maybe... A flash flood will come in the midst of the drought. Because eventually that's going to be gone. Come on, that's how people talk. You know that's true. Then six months later, he's going through and picking off hot peppers. Cutting that baby up. Sissy gets tomatoes. I planted those over by ourselves. So she, I had to protect those because anything going to grow, those are going to grow. Oh. Take some of that stuff in there, let her dice it up and fry it a little bit in there and put some stuff in. Oh my gosh. Cucumber? Oh yeah. Put hot oil on it. Listen, this is he reaped in the same year. Now this this is deep. A hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. I believe. Not one. One, one dry dust. Yeah. They were waiting. They were walking back, spitting on him, saying, Dry power and give you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Come on, that's how folk are. Yeah. If they ain't blessed, they don't want you blessed. I don't think it was in Jesus' name at that point. <laughs> Just looking at it. 
Because he became a change agent, his whole life began to change. Because he decided to make a difference in the midst of a drought. He decided not to give up. Yes. And he could have given up from the first month, the first day, the first hour, to the six months, to the crop came in, or however long it took. Yeah. But the Bible says this. The man began to prosper. And continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks. Now he could feed them. And possessions of what? And great what? So the Philistines envied him. They got mad at his blessing. But he decided to become a change agent. Now, there's a difference here because it goes up levels. Look at this again. The man began to prosper. Then he began what? Continue prospering. So he prospered and continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. The one translation message says this man this way. The man got richer and richer by the day until he was very wealthy. He, begot, he became richer and richer until he became very wealthy. Because he decided to be a change agent. He decided to change the situation instead of allowing the situation to change him. How many times have you allowed your situation to change you? How many times? We're here today probably because we've allowed the situation to change us. See, situation means a set of circumstances in which one finds oneself in the state of affairs or condition. Listen to that again. Situation. A set of circumstances in which one finds oneself in a state of affairs or condition. You're supposed to change your situation, not allow your situation to change you. We, we've used this scripture. I've heard some religious folk use this scripture and they've misused it turn your bibles to philippians chapter 4 let's look at this for one of you come up and try to throw this one at me the bible says in philippians turn to philippians chapter 4 philippians chapter 4 you've heard this before i love this scripture You'll hear it more than this one time throughout my career at this church. You'll, you'll hear it a lot because there's a lot of religious folk that twist this scripture. And some of you have used this scripture because it, it helps you through your religious ways. We all have. Verse 11 says this. Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned or I understand 
In whatever state I am to be content. Whatever state I'm in, content. I'm sick, I'm content. No. I'm broke, I'm content. No. My wife's in sh- my, fa- my uh, family life is in shambles, I'm content. No. Come on, honey, just be content. You know the Lord giveth, Woo! and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. They throw those things at you. Because yeah. they want to keep you down. Come on, I'm preaching good right there. That's the truth. And whatever need I am, I'm just going to be content. Naked I came in this world, and naked I go out. I was poor, I was born poor. Blessed be the Lord, I'm content, I'll stay. Come on, we've all done that. We've all listened to that. To get us through whatever, because we don't want to be a change agent. We're in a situation, so we're just going to be content. Let's look at the word content. The word content means, now you ready? You ready for this? Yes. Okay, now let's break it down. Not that I speak in regard to need. Okay, I'm not speaking to regard to need. I have no need. What it says. For I have learned or understand in whatever state. Now, this is not in the original Greek. So you could say that I have learned in whatever I am, whatever I am, not state, whatever I am, to be content. That word content means independent of circumstances. That's right. Woo! Glory! Going to shout myself happy. So let's look at it this way. Not that I speak in regard to need. I have learned in whatever I am to be independent of my circumstances. Independent. Other words, I'm independent about what it looks like around me. My checking account looks broke. I'm independent of that. My body feels like it's breaking down. I'm going to be independent because the word says, "By His stripes I'm healed." And the word says, "If I give, it shall be given me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall people run down and bless me." Yeah. Other words, don't let your circumstances rule you. Don't let it rule you. I've told you this story before. There was this young man at the church or at school, and everybody was asking questions. What do they want to be when they grow up? This young man raised his hand, and he said, What you, 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 what do you want to be? He said, I want to be like my mommy and daddy. Just go every month and get a check. Just want to be a handout. In other words, he is saying, I'm going to let my circumstances rule me. That's not what the scripture says. I love you. I know we've been taught, because that's what I was taught, until I got into the Word and began to dissect, look at, and study. So it's telling me not let the, my circumstances change me. She said she wants to read the Amplified Bible. Just says Hold on. The Amplified says that you're, you're not disturbed or disquieted by what's going on. Which. Look at somebody say, I want to be a change agent. Go ahead. MIV. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Whatever the circumstances? I would have to probably kind of guess disagree with that a little bit. I'm not going to be disturbed with whatever the circumstances, how it goes. Well, you're not I have disturbed to okay. be content. Okay. Whatever the circumstances. I'm not going to allow the circumstances to dictate what I'm going to become. I'm not going to allow it. 
Yes, that's the way in the natural it looks, but the word says. It is written, devil. This is what the word declares. This is what I'm going to begin to step out in. I like what Jerry Savelle said. Jerry Savelle said he, he, God spoke to him. And uh, he, he, he gives. He, he's a giver. Some people, you know, they get mad because he's got his own plane, this and that. That's between you and God. But he gives. I know he gives. He gives. I've met the man. He, he gives. He does things. And there was this woman that showed up at one of his meetings. And uh, Jesse DePlantis was with him. And Jesse knows that, you know, he sows and he knows that Jerry Savelle sows. And said so these people pulled in. And all at once this little girl come running to him. Jerry, Jerry! Hugged him, little girl. And he looked at her and said, Who are you? She told him. And said, We listen to you all the time. He said, I told Mom we could find you everything would be all right. So what's wrong with Our car broke down over here. I said, I told her, if Jerry Savelle's there, he used to work on cars, he'll fix his car for us. <laughs> so him and Jerry, uh, Jesse DePlantis and the little girl went over to the car. And the mom starts talking. I said, leave him alone. He she goes, Mama, didn't you tell us we believe, all, believe God all things are possible? We have faith in God. So they got talking. And Jerry said, you know what? I got a friend here. I don't have my tools with me. But I got a friend here that's going to fix that car for you. We're going to get it over there. And she he goes, where are you staying at? She goes, we don't know. We just need to know we need to get here. He goes, we're going to pay. He goes, I'm going to pay to get your car fixed. I'm going to pay for you to stay at this hotel. I'm going to pay the whole time you're here. Jerry Savelle, or Jesse Plant said, no, you're not. I'm paying half. <coughs> now listen to this. I'm paying half. Then he gets... Nothing happens. I mean, he pays for it all, gets home. And he, there's two different stories. I'm getting them kind of intertwined, but he done the same thing about sewing, and he was living for $30,000 to come in. And he was sewing, and said this woman, he got on the elevator, and other ministers with him, and said this woman wanted to get on, he put his hand out and stopped the elevator later on, she got in, and said while she was in the elevator, and right before she got off, she stopped and said, uh, Jerry Savelle, the Lord told me you'd be on this elevator with me today and said, here, he told me to give this to you. It's a $30,000 check. Well, this guy had wrote, in another one, this guy had written Jerry Savelle a letter. And Jerry just put it in his pocket and we're about the next day. Next day, he said he woke up, said he read the letter. I'll tell you what's in the letter if you want. Read the letter. And he said he didn't want to wake the guy up too early. And it was 6 o'clock in the morning, so he waited at 6.05. <laughs> and he called the guy. And he said this scripture is a scripture that God used. I'm going to finish telling you the, the rest of the story. In Psalms 23 through 4 says this. May he remember all your offerings. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices. How many times have you sacrificed? You sacrificed. You've helped people. You sacrificed. You're done without because you feel like God told you to do something for somebody else. Or you sacrifice to your church and you give above and beyond what you usually give. Verse 4 says this. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill your purpose. Don't you want God to fulfill your purpose? Don't you want to walk and, and fulfill the purpose that God's called you to, to be here for? I do. But may he grant you according to your heart's desire. God's concerned just about your desires too. Not just your need. Not just what I need. 
concerned about my heart's desire too. What I desire. So I know some of you, you know, you're thinking that God just does things, but God loves you. Now, in this, Jerry picked that letter up and he read it. And again, he said he waited the five after, he'll wait the guy up so with five extra minutes. This guy owned a car dealership. And he knew Jerry <coughs> Bell liked a certain car. Because he, he's drove him his whole life. In the, in the letter says, call me, I want to bless you. He calls him and says, I want to do something for you. And he told him who he was, said, can you get here? He said, well, he said, it takes me an hour to drive, I'll be there in 30 minutes. <laughs> so he gets there, and the guy walks in, and he owns a dealership and sells Corvettes. He opens, brings Jerry in, and said, any car you want, you pick it, yours. Any car. And he said, God brought him to that scripture just read. I don't forget your offerings. I don't forget. God repays. Yes, it does. But you're sitting there in your mind. Oh, God did it because he's a preacher. No, 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 no. The point is, God does it for his people. Yes. His people. God desires to do things for you because you are his what? People. Because he loves you. Because he cares about you as a person. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 says this. 10 and 36. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Read that again. For you have need of endurance. Perseverance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive His promise. God desires to you to receive the promise. And then in 2 John chapter, 2 John, there's just one chapter there. Verse 8 says, Look to yourselves that you do not lose the things, things you worked for, but that you may receive a full reward. God don't want you to lose your heart. He wants you to receive your full reward. Not just when you get to heaven. He's got things here that he wants to do for you here. He wants to bless your spirit, soul, and body on this planet. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he loves you. There's so many scriptures that I could throw into this because all of these are very important. The Bible tells us that he's, he's concerned about your needs and your desires. God wants to bring the favor and the glory on, on you so he can manifest to this world that there is a God in heaven. He wants people to see that in the midst of turmoil, there can be great marriages. They can break, break relationships with families. In the midst of turmoil and how things go, that people of God can walk in a supernatural blessing from God in every aspect other life. Why, why does he desire that? Because he wants to bless you. God is a God of blessing. The favor, the glory, and the manifestation. God desires that for you. He wants to do that for me. And he wants to do it with you, the believer. Amen. Amen. Isn't that true? Don't you believe that in his word it says yes 
And amen. Let, let's look at this because we've been, I don't know if I've got time to get to it. Turn, turn your Bibles to, to, to James. Let's go to James. We're going to go back to this next week. But let's go back to James. James, let's look at James chapter 5. Let's look at verse, see I don't want to. Let's look at John, uh, let's look at John chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 34 and 38 through 38. Verse. Uh, let's go to John. Hold James. Just, just kidding. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse, what did I say? Didn't say, did I? No. Let's look at verse 34. 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. Do you not say there is still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look to the, at the fields, for they are already ready for harvest. And, while he, and he who reaps receiveth wages and gathers fruit for the eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For this, is the, this saying is true, one soweth, another reaps. I sent you to reap, that, that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. We, we can look at this two ways. We can look at this as souls being saved, which is a good way to look at it, and I want to say that that's the way I want to look at it also. But this could also be harvest just for the Christian person in every aspect of their life. In other words, the harvest is now. Don't put it off. Yes. Somebody has already got, somebody's got to be the reaper. Why not us? Why not us begin to begin to be the reaper? And you've got to be aggressive. We as Christians have to begin to be aggressive. Father, I desire this in my life. I desire for you to do this today in my life. Because sometimes if, if we wait and Jesus don't come back, somebody's going to reap what you're sowing. So why not reap what other people sowed ahead of you? That's what the Bible says. So Father, I want to reap what my grandfather sowed. I want to reap that father. And what my great-grandfather put out when he allowed them to begin to use his country store as the church. Father, I want to reap that. I want to walk in that blessing. I want to begin to reap what I have not sold. But Father, I'm going to sow so I can also reap. Yes. But you've got to be aggressive. I believe sometimes we do things and we don't get aggressive enough. Now, I don't mean go out here and fight somebody else for it. I'm talking about aggressive in your prayer. In your belief, in your confessing that God wants to bring these things into your life. See, you've got to expect. You've got to look for it. You've got to fix your eyes upon. You've got to reach for it. Expectation is the twin brother of faith. Yep. Amen. To expect something is the twin brother of faith. You know, I, I pulled up here. I was over here Thursday and Friday. And yes, I had the ball games on the screen. And so I was over here listening to the ball games. Doing stuff around the church, outside, inside. 
I got stuff outside, didn't have nothing. I didn't have none of the painting on the inside on Friday, and I said, I gotta get this done before Sunday. So I drive up here on Friday, I open that back door, I said, Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome? If I opened and walked in there, all that was painted. <laughs> I was expecting. But somebody didn't listen to God yet. Are you born with you know Carolina did win? Oh, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. She lucky did too. But I walked in here and it wasn't done. Are you the shoemaker? No. We were hoping the elves came. Yeah, I hope the elves came. But see, I was expecting. We pulled in from Friday or Saturday. We went up to the grocery store, did some stuff, and went over to my brother-in-law's and sister-in-law's and helped him do some stuff and came home. And I saw Tracy get out of the car and she was heading down the driveway. I said, hold it. You ain't checking my mailbox. That's what he said. No, I don't. She goes, I want it. I think it's your paper. I said, that's my mailbox. Why? Because I'm expecting. Yep. I'm always expecting. Amen. Because it's a twin brother of faith. Yeah. Folks, if you're going to sow, you've got to be expecting. Yes, it. Yes. Now, we'll take it grudgingly. Go ahead and give grudgingly. That's fine. We'll get with Church with mm-hmm. But when you do things, you've got to expect. Yeah. Now, I'm over here and I paint stuff. I'm sowing into this church. I'm talking about my time now. I'm over here. I'm, I'm painting. I'm doing things. I'm expecting. Amen. I love you. I get a half an to preach. And to be your pastor, I'll paint. So if I'm painting, that's extra. I'm, I'm expecting. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sowing. I'm expecting God to yes. do something. Amen. You know, it's funny. You talk about the mailbox. The mailman was at my house as I was leaving. Mm. You'll be rushing home. When does the Ecclesiastes 2 and 26 says this. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to the man who is good in his sight. But to sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. The Empire Bible says this. And the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it is laid up for. Yep. Amen. This is money. This part is money. If I'm going to give him my time and I'm going to sow seed in this church, I'm going to expect. Yeah. I'm going to look. I love you. I love everybody. But I can't expect for you. No. I'm believing with you. And sometimes I and I I'm just being real. <laughs> we do real life discussion. This is being real. Sometimes I give grudging. Oh yeah. I have given grudging. And I read nothing for it. Nope. Why? Why? Why take the time to pray if you're not going to expect? You've got to expect it. Mm-hmm. I came to a point one time, now I just don't carry much money. But I, I quit carrying money because every time I carry money, she'd take it and get somebody. <laughs> First, I'd done a grudging. And I said, well, I might as well get in this flow. This is what she does. And I began to thank God for hearts. And God has sent home. But now, we look at money. This is money. But other aspects. Other things. Little things that you do. Sometimes people just need to see you cheerful. Yep. Because they'll bring cheer. If you're cheerful, it breathes. Yes. Have you been in church before where laughter broke out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? It might start here, but eventually, it flows to the whole church. Mm-hmm. It's contagious. It, 
becomes contagious. Why not start today and start training yourself because it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? <laughs> so why not walk around with a smile on your face? Amen. Smiles give you energy too. Listen. I don't know if it's, this is a fact. I'm going to throw it out. You might have more wrinkles because you frown so much oh. than you have if you grin. So, so why not change it and begin to do some, some work on your face and begin to smile? But it breathes. You let someone that has work come home from a hard day's work and you've got a big smile on your face, it brings peace to them. But here, people, people have sown. People in my family have sown. They reap some stuff, but I want to reap it. It's my family. My grandfather throwed seed and planted the word of God in people's life. I want to see a harvest on that. This could be anything in your life, folks. Not just don't think about it when we talk about it, just the money-oriented side of it, because God wants to bring some things on the scene for you. Now, where I wanted to get to, I'm not going to get there today. And I keep on saying. It's in James. Next week. Next week. Next week, baby. You're closer. Next week, I will get to that scripture. Because your wages are crying out for you. Wages of what? Wages of anything. It could be financial wages. It could be wages if you sown into somebody maybe watching your kids for you. It could be wages of, you know, maybe you bought some things for other people and it's time for some people to do things for you. Whatever it is. Yeah. It's anything. But it does look at here as money. So don't get mad when I, when I read the money thing. But it can't be money. We all need more of it. I don't know. I'm not ready for retirement yet. So I need more. Amen. Amen. Who, somebody, you had something? So if we're reaping what, Thank you, Jesus. what has been sown before, then 